Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast. This week, you get me, you get Leo, Yo. and you get Chris. Hey! This week, we also have two guests, not just one, but two. We're going to double your pleasure. We want to welcome Jeremy and Mark to the show. Let me bring them in here. Guys, go ahead and take a uh, go ahead and say hello real quick. Hey, good evening. Hello, everybody. And we'll go alphabetically with the first name. And Jeremy, take a moment and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Lieutenant Jeremy Leitner. I'm a nurse corps officer in the Navy, prior uh, Fleet Marine Force corpsman. I've uh, been in the Navy about 17 years and been comp competing for about 10 years and representing the Navy while doing so for the past three years. Mark? Good evening, everyone. My name is Lieutenant Mark Santos. I'm a Supply Corps officer currently stationed at DLA Land and Maritime in Columbus, Ohio. My wife's still confused about those orders, but I get to keep my guns. I'm just coming off of uh, sea duty, off of an amphib, so I love my Marines. I've been in the Navy five years. It'll be six in September, and I'm a member of the action shooting team. Wow, quite the uh, difference in career path and time in service. Yeah. So, Jeremy, you're stationed down in the Virginia Beach area, Norfolk? I am. I'm at Naval Medical Center, Portsmouth. I work in the emergency department there. Okay. And you, Mark, did you say you were in Ohio? Yes, DLA Land and Maritime in Columbus, Ohio. So what's great about being a Supply Corps officer is they can put you everywhere, whether it's with SEALs, submarines, ships, aircraft. And we actually have an admiral down here, too, which is pretty fun. Or so that right huge there. East Coast port in Ohio. I know. <laughs> I'm just happy they got rid of the blue camouflage so I don't have to wear that anymore. It's going to be weird. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So they can see you when you go overboard. Yeah. Or I could lie down and pretend to be a puddle. So <laughs> Nice. All right. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys have listened to an uh, – I guess you did listen to the Air Force episode. So you kind of know the format. We're going to start with a few personal questions to get to know you a little better. Uh, we're going to start with, we'll go for the first five questions. We'll keep the same order. After that, there's just a bunch of different questions and either one of you can answer. But we'll start going alphabetical and we'll start with favorite movie. Uh, Rambo First Blood. Nice choice. <laughs> I like it. For me, um, my favorite movie is uh, Mr. Roberts. It's an older one with uh, Henry Fonda, but it's the best Navy movie out there. Just saying, you should check it out. It's basically a bunch of, uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of uh, JOs trying to get their lieutenant commander boss upset and fight for their sailors. It's a good time. <laughs> I actually did that play. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a good one. I was a drunk guy that came in and got dropped on deck. <laughs> Now, is your favorite? Yeah. Would your favorite TV show be McHale's Navy? Then, uh, no, probably not. So, my favorite television show is probably um, The Pacific because it keeps oh. it real. I have a lot of friends that like Band of Brothers, and they bully me because I like The Pacific more. But that of episode course. when they're in Australia tearing up the town, um, I've witnessed that in Rio de Janeiro and Barbados, so it brings back some fond memories. <laughs> Okay. okay, we're going to get into that one later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so the next one is favorite book. Um, 
Yeah, I don't do a lot of reading uh, other than what's required for work. But I would say the book that's resonated with me in my life um, over the past 10 or 12 years is probably Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, hmm. that's, that's probably it. Okay. Yeah. For me, my favorite book. So if it's Joe Navy motivational book, I like uh, Get Your Ship Together by um, retired Captain Absinoff. It's a really good book. It teaches you how to be creative when leading. But uh, the other one I like is um, Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Even though it's a little bit outdated, it's pretty amazing about how much thought people put into um, planning and strategy back in the day. So it's a good one. It's also how I justify switching guns uh, a lot because you should master all weapons, like you said. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Smart. That was yeah, a challenging, kind of... challenging yeah. book to read there, Mark. And that was definitely required yeah. reading for the Navy, Joint Professional I, mm -hmm. um, Military Education. Didn't enjoy it like you did. Okay. <laughs> you have to take it in chunks. Yeah. <laughs> so just for the audience's sake, so that they understand, both Jeremy and Mark, while they say they're lieutenants, if they were in any other branch of service, they would be a captain. They have two silver bars. So, and Mark just said captain in the Navy, which is actually a full bird colonel in every other service. So put that out there now so everybody understands where we, where we sit. They're kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to like, oh, what is he, a butter bar? No, not exactly. <laughs> right. All right. Favorite, this is a uh, this is a Chris question right here, a Chris special. Oh. What's your favorite superhero? Uh, favorite superhero, uh, Wolverine. Ah, very nice. nice. For sure. Ooh, for me, um, I kind of like the anti-hero. I'm going to wave my uh, nerd flag like uh, Nick Fralick in the Air Force shooting team, but uh, I like the juggernaut when he lost oh, his yeah. uh, powers and he tried to be a good guy and he was like helping kids that were getting bullied out. It's, yeah. uh, it, it was a fun comic to read. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that series. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew your amount of culture. You got that nice spread. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sun Tzu again. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I thought one of you guys would have said Aquaman, but that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> he doesn't like our sonar, so. Uh, oh. Touche. <laughs> Favorite gun and caliber. Um, I would go with a generic saying AR-15, 223. Um, I shoot a JP CTR2 presentation grade, uh, which I happen to bring with me. Um, nice. That's definitely my favorite gun Ooh. and caliber. Um, hunt with like it, that. shoot with it, compete with it. You can do anything with it. You can't conceal it very well, though. What What's the <laughs> like LPVO you have on there? Um. This is a Vortex 1x6 uh, Razor. It's old school. I've had it since probably the month they came out with it, like seven, eight years ago. Okay. Not a not a sponsor. But very nice. <laughs> That's a, it's a we great, great setup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for me, that's like asking me which child to save, and I don't have any children. But um, <laughs> any – what any uh classic combat uh, fighting handgun like the browning high power or I'll, I'll just say generic 1911 and 45 just because uh, of its rich history and um also if you're a filipino like i am and you don't own a 1911 <laughs> then shame on you your family and your cow so i said that when we interviewed kevin garaspi 
Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you know, I have I have to jump on that bandwagon. You know, <laughs> not, so AR-15 is absolutely my favorite gun to shoot, but I collect 1911s. I have about 15 Ooh. World War One, World War Two guns. Pretty uh, bad, including wow. a ni- 1912 U.S. Navy four-digit serial number. I should have brought it. It's in my safe, but it's a beautiful wow. gun. Yeah. Um, and I want to have all of them. So if anybody has those, I'd like to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Show and, and tell. I also again. have a. Uh, 1851 Cimarron. Uh, it's chambered in 38 special. Um, the electrical officer, the navigator, and the assistant chief engineer. Um, it was the assistant chief engineer's last underway. I said, you know what? Let's do a group buy of revolvers. So I called uh, some of our friends at Freedom Shooting Center, Virginia Beach. He ordered them. I got this one. The rest of them got uh, Vaqueros because they're noobs. They understand that 45 Long Colt is expensive. But um my buddy that ordered them, his boss got angry. He's like, they paid for these, right? I'm like, no, they'll be back in a couple of months to pay for them. So they actually had a tongue-in-cheek bet if they were actually going to get picked up or not. So lo and behold, four junior Navy officers come in. I think we were wearing our like our floral um, visors because we're goons. And we all picked them up and paid cash just because we could have made our friend very happy. So, yeah. But I, I like this one. It turns a lot of heads. Um, it's not black powder. But uh, it's it's a fun gun to shoot with rich history. So so I'm hearing you shoot revolver. Um, <laughs> I, I'm 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 no don't don't tempt me. I'm, I've already uh, I was already talking to Caleb Giddings on which nine millimeter uh, revolver to buy the other day. So be careful. He'll buy it. He he switches calibers and switches divisions every six months. It, it's bad. It's okay. Him and five other people in the on uh, in America will shoot revolver from yeah. now on. Right. He has a chance. You could be number one pretty quick, maybe. Maybe. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. They got some good revolver shooters out there, like Michael Pogge and, um, you know, Jeremy Kilo could still throw down. Uh, yeah. And uh, Caleb also. Yeah. So, yeah. Mike Danchik's we'll not too bad either. Uh huh. And if you see other one of them while you're shooting, tell them we want them on the show. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Shameless plug. I'll let them know. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It would be pretty interesting to see you show up with that pistol, that revolver, at a USPSA match. That would be impressive. Um, no, I would not be that guy. I went to a two-gun <laughs> match one time. Somebody showed up with a bolt-action Remington and a revolver. I switched squads because I'll tell you right now, if you're going to be weird, you got to be able to back it up. I shot Steel Challenge Area 5 with someone called the Sci-Fi Cowboy. Steve, really good guy. He was shooting a lever action and a revolver, but he was quick with it. This guy at this two-gun match I went to a couple of years ago, he was not. So his squad left an hour and a half later than everyone else. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Ooh, that's painful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Two-gun two gun always brings out some interesting folks. Yeah. Um, you got rock stars and rock lobsters. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I want to play that song. <laughs> all right. So there's a little bit of lead into this last question. So I spent two, two years on Oki, absolutely loved it. Leo spent some time butt naked in a foreign country on the steps of a police station at the age of 16. Not so sure he loved it. Every second uh-huh. of it. Chris spent time in Germany with the World League of American Football. Pretty sure he enjoyed it over there. Yes. Now, so what was or is your favorite duty station, your dream duty station, or your favorite port visited? Hmm. I could say, uh, you know, I have, you could say I've been fortunate or unfortunate in my 17 years in the Navy. I haven't been able to travel Oconus uh, very much. Um, I've been to Iraq. I've been to Qatar, Kuwait, 
and a quick stint in Germany. Uh, I guess I would have to say because of that, Qatar or Qatar, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, would have been my favorite port visited. Um, nice country, good food, and it wasn't Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a low okay. bar, but good job. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was born and raised in Guam. I don't really want to go back, but um, my favorite duty station, I, it's not too much duty station, but it's more of the job and the people I serve with. But my favorite and not favorite port call was probably Rio de Janeiro when we went down there. I had enough of uh, Brazil for uh, one lifetime. Uh, one lifetime. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, <laughs> it, it's, yeah. Sorry, Brazil. It's interesting. We'll yeah. just leave it with the yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. There, so how, how did you? There's a story in, about how, that, yeah. but I'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll do that yeah. off air. Yeah. <laughs> how did you end up in Rio? What What was that? So the ship I was on is I was on, I was on the LSD five zero, the USS Carter Hall. I got right my, behind uh, you. Yep, and I got I still got my command cover. So we are the short bus of the amphibs, the smallest amphibious. Um, assault ship. So we have about 30 officers on board and 300 enlisted, and we could take up to 500 Marines if we needed to. So they tasked us with going down to Rio de Janeiro by ourselves uh, to help participate in UNITAS LX. A lot of the sailors uh, that might be watching the show will know what UNITAS is. You basically go down to South um, America and you practice with other neighboring countries. And they sent us down there because we they were also practicing um, a human humanitarian um, aid. So most war exercises with country your other countries you're hunting submarines, pretending to shoot down aircrafts. But uh, this one was neat because you, we were actually simulating a hurricane hitting, landing, unloading supplies. So it was a lot of um, moving pieces and um, just a funny story about Brazil is like when we pulled into port, we're the biggest, ugliest American ship there. It's about 7.30. Um, we dropped the anchor for uh, the anchorage and it's eight o'clock and at zero eight, they play colors. So they played the American national anthem. We raised up the flag. A bunch of the little ships are coming around us and I'm up there at the bridge. So even though I'm a supply officer, I was actually um, uh, ATWO, anti-terrorist watch officer. So I had batteries release authority. So I was in charge of all the gun mounts on the ship. It's the only staff officer with that, but um so after we set down the anchor, we did the anthem. All everybody's like, "Oh wow, bravo, bravo, bravo!" But while that was happening, we were preparing to land a marine. So after the last like short notes of the anthem, you hear "Deploy the amphibious landing force." Metallica blasts on the one MC. The stern gate just erupts with AAVs rolling out. All these ships and pleasure crafts are freaking out, like going away. It's like, oh my god, the Americans are invading. And my buddy up there in the bridge, he was just like, it's like, well, make sure nobody gets close. And it's like, you know, some drug lord at a favela is probably freaking out right now. But I think we made a good impression. But no, Brazil was nice. Everybody was there is very, very um, cool. My wife's Peruvian Brazilian. So she explained to me the culture and, you know, it, it's a good time. So if anyone's in the Navy and you have a chance to go to UNITAS, you take that and run. It's a, it's it's fun. I'm sorry if I like talk too much there, but it's a good time. No, 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 that was good. It's interesting. Uh, you so you you're Filipino, but you grew up on Guam. Correct. My kid's grandmother on their mother's side is from the island of Guam. Okay, awesome. Their grandfather was in the Air Force back during 
the sixties and seventies retired early eighties. So that's how they met. So small world. That's crazy. And I've been to the Philippines three times. Okay. You guys nice. are probably <laughs> it's in the eye. All right. You can see it. Yeah. Now, with the rest of these, I don't care who goes first. Doesn't matter to me. Um, but at what age did you guys start shooting in general and then shooting competitively? Uh, I started shooting with my grandfather, 22 revolvers and uh, 22 single shot uh, when I was in about fifth grade on his farm. Um, and then I continued to have an interest in firearms ever since then, uh, middle school, I had a job at a Marina actually in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where I'm from. And there were some guys that were in their twenties and they had guns and they'd take me to the range and we'd go shooting and, um, high school that continued on. Um, I always tell the story about how I actually became a competitive shooter though. Um, continued shooting at the range, you know, weekly, um, for a long period of time. And I was happy with my groups that were 10 inches at hundred yards, you know, 15 inches with my 25 out six. Cause I didn't know any better. And, um, I, and, and an old man came up to me and he was like, I act your season, the brass and you've, you've got to save your brass and reload. And I'm like, this guy, I'd see him about once a week. And one day he finally showed me his target and, um, his target was a five shot group into the size of a nickel and, um, caught my attention. He taught me to reload, taught me to shoot. Um, and then another gentleman took me under his wing and taught me how to shoot. Um, speed shooting and that started around 2010 um and it's just evolved since then all right so while we're on it with you what do you shoot in uspsa in uspsa i started out by shooting limited and that's all i ever shot was limited i made it up to alpha class like 84 percent or 83 percent alpha and um carbine and three gun was always more my game actually um and then I PCC became a thing and I was always good with the carbine. It was definitely my best game um, of the three guns when I would compete in three guns uh, competitions and PCC. I think I made grandmaster in that within a month or two um, shooting two matches a week. We had weekday matches in Florida where I was stationed in Gainesville, Florida, recruiting medical officers out of university of Florida and started just rocking that for a while. Um, really enjoy it. Still enjoy it, but pistol is, is definitely just more challenging to master. And I have a much greater respect for the people that are grandmasters with pistol than those of PCC. Although I am a grandmaster with PCC, it's, it just comes naturally and very easy to me. Um, and no shame in that. Mm. Humble break. Like yeah, it. that's a yeah. I mean, that's still that's still He's impressive. He's a team <laughs> that, that's We won't be, tell anybody. That's got to be a pretty sweet gig to be stationed in Gainesville, Georgia. When you're, I mean, Gainesville, Florida. When you're from Florida, doing a recruiting job. Yeah, it was pretty awesome gig. Um, I had a range. I purchased my house four minutes from uh, Shoot GTR, which is a shooting range there, and that was strategic. Um, I would shoot five days a week, uh, a match twice a week. And it was about as good as it gets, uh, as far as having the ability to train and, and recruiting right there out of university of Florida and being close to family. That was definitely the dream job. And I would love to have that job again. It was, it was great. I can imagine. I hope you're listening. Maybe. That's all right, Mark. So um, growing up in Guam, there's very, very strict gun laws. I did um, 
JRTC. I played with Air Rifle for a bit, and the um, Master Chief and the Commander there, It he, they planted the seeds for my affinity for joining the Navy. They actually enrolled me in CMP, so uh, my CMP number, I think, is only it's only five digits. It throws a lot of people off because I don't shoot CMP. And then in college, um, I decided to pick up a hobby. I'm finally gone from Guam, and I remember watching Top Shot, much to the dismay of, you know, Caleb, JJ, Chris Tilly. Uh, I, I tell him, like, I know you from Top Shot, but I hate you. But um, um, a lot of the cool Filipino role models they shot. So um, I quit another hobby, uh, Nerd Alert. It's a uh, Magic the Gathering. I have some cards <laughs> from 2002 I forgot about. Then by 2012, I think I had a copy of one card that was 50 cents back then, skyrocketed to $30, $40 a copy. So I sold all of them, and I went to a gun store to buy my first handgun. At, uh, this was about 2013. It was a USP-9, so I learned how to shoot on double single action guns. Um, and it was $600. The owner made me a deal. And I shot IDPA, and the match director was actually a distinguished uh, rifleman for CMP. And then from then on, I just started uh, picking up action shooting, dry firing, um, got my NRA instructor certs. I enjoyed it. And at sea duty, I like switching guns around. Like I went more for the social stuff. I never took it too seriously, but I find myself now, Jeremy has been helping me a lot with this, but I'm slowly getting to the point where I want to be more serious, a bigger contender. So I shot the Buckeye Blast. Um, that was my first state match. I just shot Area 5 Steel Challenge. And um, instead of like running around with different guns, I, I'm actually being good for carry optics and open. I have two guns. So like if one goes down to the big match, I could swap it out and also I could practice. So I'm just having that paradigm shift of being a more social shooter, having fun and teaching to, hey, let me see if I have the chops to be a serious competitor in the game. Okay, so what, do you, what division are you shooting? Like when you just shot Buckeye Blast, what division were you shooting? I was uh, shooting open. So this year I was supposed to shoot open. Um, then I got a slot for uh, Nats for carry optics <laughs> in October. So now I'll be shooting carry optics for a bit. Um, and I've had some support. Ironically, the match director that um, – because you know how national slots are given out by clubs, right? They're allocated a certain number. The mm -hmm. match director at Pickaway County Sportsman Club, he was a Marine. And then he saw me shooting as like, hey, I'm sending Tony to shoot PCC. I got a carry optic slot. It's like, it's going to you, all right? It's like, no pressure. It's like, okay, cool. But, you know, it's it's different. Uh, Buckeye Blast really opened my eyes on how different a state-level match is versus, you know, a local. And um, I did group with two of my mentors, John Vlieger and Chris Keen. They're GMs in Open. And it really opened my eyes to see what intensity is required to perform at that. And also, Jeremy has that intensity, too. Um, it's, it's wild. So it's uh, something I'm going to work on. But I think it'll be a good time. I'm on shore duty, so the ship's not pulling me away. I remember I got a little upset. I was like, hey, I'm improving. It was like, nah, bro, we need you out in the ocean for three months. And it diminishes. But I'm at a point now. And you know, I'm only 31, so I, I got some time. So yeah. is there any opportunity on sea uh, duty to dry fire? There is. So um, the big reason that I like being on the team is that um, it motivates me to be a better worker at my command, a good performer. 
because if you're a good performer at your command, they will help you out. Um, the last couple of big matches I've gone to, I got TAD orders. I didn't have to take leave. Uh, my last two commanding officers on the ship, uh, they trusted me with weapons release authority. And for a staff officer, you know, not conventional, a staff officer like myself or Jeremy, um, that's almost unheard of. And um, they actually allowed me to have a cert pistol on board to practice. And uh, I worked with the gunner's mate chief and some other sailors. So I actually had my own duty rig um, based with stuff on the supply system so I could practice and I'll sometimes compete with it. So it's, there is opportunity to dry fire, but you have to make that uh, way. And by making it that way, you have to have that buy-in and be, have sustained superior performance and be an asset to your command. Because if you're not, if you're just dead weight to them, uh, they won't be as compelled to help you out. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, John Vleeker is another guy who uh, I eventually I want to get on here. He's a pretty high-level shooter. He that that man's intense. Um, <laughs> he's a really really good guy. Army. I'm not going to fault him for it. But uh, you know he he puts in the he puts in the work, and he's like uh, very intense. I know with his work schedule now, he's actually getting to the point where he's shooting like three matches a week. But he's really you know salt of earth. He'll tell you how it is. So. Yeah, if you can get him on the show, that'd be that'd be good. But you know, you're going to be fighting his schedule, so right. That's yeah. how. Just like with yeah. you guys, yeah. And so he looks everybody. Good. 246. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. All right. Um, so uh, there was a lot of stuff you guys talked about that we're going to get into. I almost jumped around on the questions real quick, but um, I found plenty of information on the line about the rifle and pistol teams and i can learn all i want about special operations on the line the navy action shooting team there's nothing out there you guys are you guys are harder to find information than it is special ops so <laughs> how does how does somebody find out about the action shooting team in the navy and how do they join so currently we're a subcomponent of the United States Navy marksmanship team and we're the action component. We're comprised of approximately 10 shooters across the country. Uh, in order to be on the shooting team, you have to be a B class or higher USPSA shooter. And you have to have competed in national level matches or area level matches. If you shoot other disciplines such as three gun, I, I consider myself a three gunner more than a USPSA shooter all day long. I shoot USPSA for practice. Um, the guys don't like that, but it's what I do. I, I really like three gun. Um, then I would obviously, and Mark Santos and I could to could assess your scores and the matches you've shot to see if you'd be eligible to join. Um, the true benefits of being a member of the team is the pride in representing the United States Navy while on the range. And also, like Mark said earlier, possibly getting the buy-in from your command to get those non-funded orders to get TAD to go shoot, and you know, what's better than free time off? Uh, to me, nothing. It's it's not about the money. It's about the time off. To you know, working hours to go shoot is pretty awesome. So to find information about us, there is a site. Um, basically, all it's going to say is my name, action director, and a quick bio about me. Um, beyond that, people would have to find me Facebook, um, global email, or word of mouth. Um, we're still growing. We're still working on it. There is a Facebook Navy marksmanship team page and yeah. pe people know who I am on there. Of course, if they have an interest in action shooting, 
Um, they're usually directed to me by Commander Mahalik, whom is the OIC of the entire marksmanship team. And then we just we give tips and tricks to people and we give them the pointers on how to officially represent. Uh, I get people probably every two weeks wanting to join the team and wanting to wear the jersey. And I ask them, well, how many matches have you shot? And they're like, oh, um, I've never shot a match. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. You want to join the Navy marksmanship <laughs> yeah. team? You want to you want to shoot an action shooting and represent the Navy, but you've never even shot a match. So that's a little frustrating, but it's, it's an education point where I'm able to show those sailors the way and I usually never hear from them again, but I, some of them I do. And I, I, it's, it's pretty exciting. This all started about three years ago. Um, segue, go back. It actually started about 10 years ago. I was trying to make a Navy marksmanship team when I was an ensign um and i just got i feel that i was laughed out of the house essentially that's a butter ball yeah yeah, yeah. butter bar butter, so, bar. Uh, yeah. butter bar so um at, at that point i was like okay move on i'll continue shooting the matches at the level that i am with um the companies that i was representing at the time and, and it worked out great for me but i really had i had a desire to represent the navy i was in the navy shooting these matches across the country representing other companies it just didn't add up to me about three years ago, I um, revisited the topic with Commander John Marvell, who was the officer in charge at the time of the Navy marksmanship team. And he was also happened to be an explosive ordnance disposal officer. And he was much more embracing of the idea of the action team. So he gave me the blessing to um, have a match at the East Coast Championship for the Navy. They have a traditional um, CMP style shooting. We had some action stages there on the Sat Ranges in Quantico. And the Marines were so gracious to let us use their facility. And, and it's flourished since then. It started with uh, myself and the HM1 Sean Buxton. Um, and it's grown to about 10 guys on the East Coast, uh, West Coast, and all throughout America, really. And we're trying to continue to grow. Um, but the information is definitely, it's, it's not overly publicized. But we are here and we are trying to grow. And we would like to increase the competitiveness of our team and increase the standards that are required to join the team. Um, but that comes with time and, and the limited resources that we have. Uh, my expectations are, are, are realistic, although my hopes are high. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Fight Club. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> what happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club. Yeah, but uh, yeah. the big thing too about not being publicized, it's a double-edged sword, right? It's not like the AMU or even the Air Force, they have their own or Marines where it's a shore duty order. Uh, where you just shoot that's your full-time job this is more of a collateral but i remember i reached out to jeremy i was a new lieutenant jg in supply core school i was like hey i want to do xyz and he's like you need to get that um world or national level match i eventually did with world speed shooting championship but um it's like that saying um i try to not i try my best not to say this to the ces's or culinary specialists where somebody's can give you the recipe but you still got to cook and uh, what Jeremy and I have noticed are the people that actually cook, they put in the work, they're going to, you know, go to these big matches, they're gonna eat the humble pie and work towards those quals. And three, they understand the importance of representing the Navy, despite the adversity, because the Navy is traditionally a bullseye shooting team. So we're really, really happy to get action shooting. Mm -hmm. It attracts and it gets us um, a very, very good, well-rounded competitor to represent us. Like, even though there are 10 of us, it's, you know, we can all count on each other. We can share tips, help each other with matches. And also we get uh, people that are in this for a long run, for the long run versus 
a shirt collector or somebody that just wants that fit, fit rep bullet or eval bullet or, you know, a collateral thing or to pad the resume. So um, I'm pretty happy with how selective we are. And even though that can be off-putting, we are also happy to help out. For example, the um, East Coast matches, we introduced a steel challenge for the first time because traditionally it was USPSA three-gun shotgun action. Um, on each of the stages, we had more than 70 scored competitors on practice score without any advanced um, registration. And these are coming from, you know, Coast Guard, Marines, NOAA. Um, what's it? Uh, Freilich from uh, the Air Force team actually came down. He helped us uh, RO. So we're at a good point now where there is exposure. Uh, we have our own Instagram page, a Navy action shooting to cater more towards the action side of the house. And um, I've already got a lot of several PMs, but it's like what I said, um, you can give somebody the recipe, but they still have to cook. But what we've noticed is that the people that are willing to cook, you know, they're good. We're, uh, we don't have to worry about it, but I'm excited for the growth. And Jeremy's been putting in a lot of work because I think, uh, remember that form somebody said they tried to do action sh uh, shooting in tw 2009 and it kind of fizzled out. I think uh, now we have a bit more of a buy-in. Um, on your last episode, you were wondering how our jerseys look like. This is how they look like. So if you see us on the range, um, that's what it is. But So that's go. your actual jersey there? Yeah. yeah can you, can we see here. the back? <laughs> What's the back look like? I'll let it's, Mark uh, be the model. It's the eagle, and it says uh, United States Navy Marksmanship Team. Very nice. Yeah. One of our shooters, Jeffrey King. That's he's the, uh, we got the Gadsden flag and the – American flag here. So Merck. they allow the Gadsden on there <clears throat> in today's so, political realm in the military. So here's the thing. Um, the one, it's not the first Navy. The first Navy Jack is actually um, the don't tread on me snake. You know, the ones with the red and white. So there is Naval heritage attached to the Gadsden flag. I know in this day and age, people are kind of worried. They're kind of, you know, hesitant and all of that. But the thing is, it's part of our um, <clears throat> tradition and heritage. And um, I, I've actually had like maybe one or two comments, but they've been positive. Like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it turns out great. Um, it looks like awesome. I love it. Yeah. So um, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty happy with this. And um, yeah, and also, yeah, I haven't heard anybody say anything about the um, Gadsden flag, just one, but like I said, most people's like, oh, that's awesome. You can have that on there. But um, that's how it is. Then again, the Navy, we change our camouflage all the time. So <laughs> who knows? This is our second iteration of this jersey. So, oh, well, yeah. it is. Okay. I see, well, and I, 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 see, I see why those guys want to join the team to get a jersey. They look nice. Yeah. You, know, you don't come in our sizes, man. I know. It's like the you know the NFL teams or the sports teams. You know, everybody wants to wear the jersey. You know, don't want to mm -hmm. play for the team, but they want to you know play you know add that jersey on them. So, but those yeah. look nice. I have to say, those look really look sharp, really good. One of our plank owners, uh, retiree Jeffrey King, he he designed these jerseys and helped me out. Um, and when the team was first starting out, he was one of the, he although he was a retired. Um, dive medical tech, uh, first class petty officer. He was a staple in the Navy marksmanship action shooting team. And um, he still is to this day. And we're really lucky to have such a diverse team of active duty reservists and a couple um, grandfathered in retirees you'll see running around in this jersey as well. Nice. Um, I like so it. Pretty awesome. Yeah. 
I will say I haven't seen a military service jersey that doesn't look good. All yeah. four services that I've seen have all looked good. Have we seen the Coast Do they have a – I've not seen a Coast Guard no. one, but the other four the, – the I've normal seen four, the Coast yeah. Guard one. Um, They're super secret. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only one I saw wearing a Coast Guard one was that uh, – I think it was Petty Officer D'Angelo, but he was shooting bullseye. So, um, yeah, it kind of looks like a cutter, so I thought that was neat. I make fun of my brother for that. He's in the Coast Guard. Okay. All right. So I need to clarify something for the uh, listeners. A commander is a lieutenant colonel. An HN1 is a HM1. I'm not sure if you said M or N, but that's an E6. That's right. And Lieutenant JG is a first lieutenant. That's so right. everybody's caught back up on the rank. It's got the uh, did, got the pirate ranks, man. That's did you, you do it? Did you know yeah, you have to? So go ahead, go ahead. Did, did you know you have to be six foot tall to join the Coast Guard? <laughs> you have to be six foot tall to join a to be a national champion, but that's because of their puddle pirates. They don't want to get yeah. their feet wet. Well, that, it's that way. If the boat sinks, they can, if the boat sinks, they can walk ashore. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> way they don't get their feet wet. That's right. Uh, oh, trust me, I tell my brother that all the time. I've been in the Navy seventeen years. I've never been on a ship in my life, by the way. But I just, I <laughs> yeah, still he, like to go. He lucked out. He lucked out. I, you know? What I will tell you yeah. is, off camera, I'm gonna have to tell you another Coast Guard joke, but it's definitely not family friendly. So we'll copy. Yeah, since you guys are in, you know, representing the, the, the Navy today, I'm, I'll save that for off. Okay. My neighbor, who's right there, lives right <laughs> next to me, was in the Navy, retired, never on a ship. Yeah, I'll never be on a ship, most likely. Ever. Yeah, I was like, out. whoa. Yeah, I was my, like, dude. My, yeah, my brother-in-law, who's the reservist, is, he's supply guy also, and he's been to Bahrain and uh, some ocean way over there somewhere, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's an interesting thing about the Navy. I think out of all the branches, like you know, the Army, you have their Order of the Spur. You got all of this. The Navy is probably the one with the biggest clicks. Like for example, if you're an aviator or airside or an Airedale, you wear brown shoes with your khakis instead of black. Uh, I'm a supply officer, so um, my my left collar insignia on my khakis is a Supply Corps emblem. It's a um, sprig of oak leaves with three acorns. It almost looks like a a major lieutenant commander leaf, but then they see the two bars on the other side. It confuses people. Um, but, and you know, the CBs, they got the CB thing on their mm -hmm. uh, camouflage and then seals. They look like a bunch of freaking Viking extras, you know, PTing. And um, it's, it's really neat exploring the different subcultures of the Navy. So I'm not surprised that some people have never been on a ship or seen the ocean or been haze gray, but um you know, I think that's what's really cool about our branch of service because there's so many subcultures and, you know, communities with their own unique traditions, which is pretty awesome. Well, I spent nine and a half years on active duty in the Marine Corps and your uniform, especially the officer's uniform, is the only one I struggled to figure out what in the world it all meant. <laughs> so I knew the rank. Like I can sit there and tell you, you can throw out a rank. I can tell you what it is. But looking at an officer's uniform, I'm like, I have no clue. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a little confusing, but especially uh, the dress uniform. The dress uniform is what I'm talking about. That I just have zero zero clue. Yeah, I, I'm jealous. Though the Marines still have their boat cloak. Um, they got rid of ours in I think uh, 2019. So I'm a little sad about that. They got rid of it. Uh, they have a garment with that's, that's got the word cloak in it. Yeah, the boat cloak, the Just Marine Corps boat cloak. It's like a cloak and it's red inside. You look like Dracula wearing it. It's pretty awesome. 
I've seen only cool. one Marine wear it, and it was very majestic. So <laughs> he walked in. There was just a fan, <laughs> and just waving in the background. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Was um, it Navy, Dave? No, the Navy had yeah. the the Navy had a tiara for uh, women at one point, which is pretty funny. Uh, one of my friends mm. has a one. For lady officers, oh. Jeremy knows what I'm talking about. They had a. He's denying. Don't bring me into this, J- Jeremy. Uh, why do you know what he's talking about? You, you know, <laughs> 17 years. No, they had a tiara. Oh, uh, we had a pith helmet. I mean, we we had all sorts of. I've got stuff. a sword. I've got a sword. That's all I know. I know about a sword. <laughs> a sword. <laughs> yeah. Is so yeah, is yours a saber though? No, it, uh, ours no, is maybe. a sword. It's a straight okay. with a pointing edge. The chiefs okay. they have a cutlass. Ah, okay, it's curved with the knuckle remember. duster for hitting deck apes. So, yeah, it's true. So yeah, the sword and cutlass. Yeah. All right. So it seems like you guys are very similar to the Air Force action shooting team, which is you don't have a centralized mm-hmm. location or command. You're just wherever you're stationed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the dream would be, of course, to one day have a centralized command, but the, the reality is that probably won't happen happen in my or Mark's tenure in the Navy, but that would be the goal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, does the in the Air Force, they were telling us, I spent a summer on the Marine Corps rifle team, so I understand how that works. Um, the Air Force was saying they have to supply everything of their own. What about you guys? Does the so, Navy supply any guns, ammo, gear, anything? So it's definitely on your own dime, out of your own pocket, to to include the jersey. Mark bought that jersey he's wearing for probably 120 bucks, um, and and it's just it is what it is. But it comes with the pride in representing the the Navy. It, the benefits come with possibly getting TAD orders from your command. Uh, we do have a Navy East Coast Championship. We've had three times uh, at hosted at Marine Corps Base uh, Quantico where ammunition is provided for competitors, for active duty competitors, particularly sailors. Um, There's limited ammunition um, if you're in the Hampton Roads, Norfolk area, which I'm in, but there's very strict um, rules that surround that ammunition, where it's utilized, how it's utilized, how far it can go, and it has to be expended on a certain date. So it really, it it ends up being practice ammunition that has to be expended immediately. Yeah, Um, it's also limited. Yeah, it's also like standard duty M882 uh, ammunition. So if you're shooting production in that, that's a that's a little spicy. So your grip's going to get good. Um, for PCCs, they seem to like him. But perfect. Uh, I am uh, <laughs> perfect for PCCs. I'm it holding is. out. I'm not Come doing it yet. But, and, uh, uh, I will say the um, ho- uh, the Department of Homeland Security they have 147 like grain match ammo. There's a um, Homeland Security agent that shoots for their team. She's local to me. And she's like, yo, check out the ammo that I get issued. It has its own box, Homeland Security, like with the own box, government use only, and it's 147 grain, like nice stuff. So they have a team. Yeah. Wow. They do have a team. Yeah. Homeland Security. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. They they do a lot of money. uh, So yeah. They do a lot of uh, NRA action shooting, like Bianchi Cup or Shotgun or Bullseye, but uh, they're, they're dipping into um, USPSA and, um, I'll give uh I'll give Agent uh, Abel some um, street cred because she rolled up shooting limited ten with her Bianchi cup gun and a race holster. So you know, props. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I like the sound of this yeah, that's, already. That's that's like a land anchor. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know now, the, the border ahead. patrol, the border patrol also has a team. If you are mm -hmm. familiar with that, yeah. I was stationed in Texas with some of those guys. I did know that. Um, okay. They make me nervous. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm Hispanic or what, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're probably okay. You got a Navy hat on anyway. That's yeah, true. you got a Navy hat. I, got, I do actually have a Border Patrol beanie. Um, I'm going to have to find that if, if we ever get them on the show. Yeah, a similar like, yeah. No, guys, it's fine. Just, just blend in. Yeah. I'm sure you can find something on the line. Yeah. Um, now, you guys said you get – you can get TAD orders for matches. Um, what about training? Have either of one of you had the opportunity to take any training classes with any of these other shooters like JJ or somebody? Or, or And do you think you could even get TAD orders for that? So, so I think at my previous command as a recruiter, my commanding officer is extremely um, liberal with with my time because I was a successful recruiter and because of that, they let me do what I wanted. And I'm sure I could have, I've never taken a shooting class. Um, I don't, I have read a book, uh, believe it was by Lonnie Barnes. Bassam. Uh, ba Bassam. Yeah. I don't know the name, but it was, it was a good book. It was a mainly about uh, the mental mindset. That's what I took away from it and having a positive attitude towards shooting and walking away from the bad and um, remembering the good essentially. But beyond that, no classes for me. Um, opportunity for classes would probably be out of pocket and then trying to sell it to your CO. Again, if you were a star performer, it could happen. But if not, um, probably not going to happen. Yeah. I think Mark, Mark is the complete opposite. I think he's had some experience. Yeah, um, I take some classes because I have this irrational fear that uh, I'm going to be put in a situation where I have a firearm and I don't know how to use it. But I like teaching and help helping people out. Um, when I checked into this command, I actually said, hey, um, I'd like these days off so I can go to uh, Steve Fisher, Sentinel Concepts. I think he was doing a rifle class. So um, Jeremy and the other team members, they, they encouraged me to shoot a rifle. So I'll tell you right now, I'm a better handgun shooter than I am with a, a rifle. Uh, you hand me a rifle, it's like, what kind of Glock is this? What do I do with it? Um, I, I have to put Glock this on my long shoulder. Barrel. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, uh, like I said earlier, and I encourage this to sailors too, if they're interested in the team, if you're a, a solid performer, you can get that buy-in. Um, it's It can be a great cloaking device too. Like um, people like, oh, well, at my command, like Mark shoots for the Navy, leave him alone. Or, hey, you want to do this? That's fine. Um, I'm actually taking an AK class with uh, Steve Fisher in August, and my command's uh, more than happy to let me go there. But like I said, you got to just be able to back it up. And just to segue too for sailors and people looking at joining the Navy team, uh, don't, or even anything else with shooting, don't let what your job is or what your title um, stop you. Because titles, jobs, career, it doesn't automatically bestow skill. I mean, I've had it too where people are like, oh, you're that supply officer that shoots a lot. Or, you know, Jeremy's... Um, Jeremy has bigger patience than me because I can't even imagine the people that bug him for being a nurse, but you know, he's a USPSA grandmaster, but you know, we've got people on the team. We've got in information specialists, um, divers, CBs, other supply officers, NCIS techs, um, but they perform and they do well. So whether the sailor is a gunner's mate or, you know, they're a fire controlman or even a bosun's mate, that, that shouldn't stop, or Yeoman, that shouldn't stop you from trying out for the team and being the best you are. Um, I do kind of giggle, though, because I've gone to some classes where people make side comments where, like, oh, what's with all these uh, accountants wearing, you know, 
duty rigs and all of that stuff. They're never going to use it. But I'm like at the 1% where I literally am an accountant that has to use a duty rig. So I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. Now, because of sea duty, how what's the turnover like on the team? Or do you guys just not replace that person? You wait for them to come back off of sea duty? So, so that that's a great question, and that's something Mark and I discussed actually after listening to the Air Force episode. Mm -hmm. You know, I I um I definitely have deference for the Air Force, and um they they're they're a highly intelligent branch of service, I think. Yeah. But they don't uh, read either. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, trust me, they don't read either. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, so historically, we've just had you're on the team, you're on the team. But after listening to that episode, I think we're going and as our team grows, we're going to adopt the. If you're not shooting a couple major matches a year and, and actually participating in shooting sports, you didn't, then you know you'll be on the legacy team, and we'll have the active component team, who is, um, you know, hopefully be more inclined to have some resources, the limited resources that we do have to share. Yeah, because we got a couple team members that are going back to the ship, like NCI, um, NC One, and you know, Chief Brant, but um, it's a consideration, but. Then again, most of the people we do attract on the team, even though they're on sea duty, they make the time to still actively participate in the sport and do their best to make time to make big matches or take leave. So I think that's something Jeremy and I will keep yeah. in consideration. Of course, for sea duty and deployments, they would have always be on the active team until yeah. you know they were back for a year and, and then not participating. We would have to make that consideration. But um, yeah. So fun fact, Jeremy, um, if anybody uh, goes IA to another country, I know I, I was I was staying up late one night. Uh, Bagram Air Force Base, they actually have a USPSA club there. What? So Really? Yeah, Bagram Action Shooters. That's what they're called. Because I was seeing wow. these videos, and when I was stationed hmm. in Virginia, I would shoot with a lot of, like, Green Berets. And, you know, I'd, like, I'd creep on the uh, – they'd show me videos and stuff. I'm like – that looks nothing like the United States and they're shooting USPSA stages. They, there is a USPSA club, uh, Bagram Air Force Base, where they do shoot. So, I mean, I think that'd be something cool or something to have because I've had some sailors approach me like, hey, what about if I'm in Japan or what if I'm in, you know, Hawaii? But, you know, the Air Force, being as smart as they are, Herbert Air Force Base, uh, they have a USPSA and IDPA club. They actually have a shooting range. I asked, I asked my Air Force buddy, yo, where's the shooting range? And he's like, it's next to the Arts and Crafts building. I thought he was messing with me, but no, he was right. There's an Arts and Crafts building shooting range, and there are some installations that have their own clubs. So, I mean, that would be a fun thing to have on the side, get MWR and the base installation involved in, just to promote the shooting sports and also keep people sharp if they want to. But um, I don't know. That's a, that's a mad street cred if you shot a match at a – Bagram Practical Shooters. I think that's what the code yeah. is for that. Yeah. Uh, I thought yeah. you made extreme credit if they shot at the Arts and Crafts building. I was like, um, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting conversation. I think I'm going to get my Arts and Crafts on this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> code word. <laughs> code word. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so here's another question then, speaking of the future of the um, – Navy team. So my question was, you know, when we had Julie Golubon, we talked about the AMU and how it was highly competitive. So I know, you know, we there was the challenge with the sea duty and then having a requirement to have to shoot. Is there uh, their requirement for them because, you know, they get recruited and things like that, that if 
they don't continue to improve or maintain a status where they're improving, then they can lose their slot to someone else who is better. So I guess what I'm saying is you said the minimum requirement would be a, a B class in USPSA. Well, if you had, if all your quote unquote slots were filled and you had someone coming in who was an A or a master, would you then be looking to turn over with someone else? So, you know, currently we don't even have a capped number of slot. We're in such the mm -hmm. infancy stages of development. Um, if there was a master that wanted to join, they would be on, it would be a snap of a finger. And they're now on the Navy team, as long as they would be an ambassador for the sport. Yeah. Right? Okay. And the Navy, of course, a professional representative. But um, I don't foresee a cap being put on anytime soon, but I do foresee if it grew that big to have legacy members who were no longer active, but uh, performance requirements beyond that of what is currently set. And then hopefully we'll be increasing. Uh, I don't think we'll be. Um, so just a minimum. Yeah. Now. yeah and, a, a minimum. It, okay. And also like there's the whole person concept too. I mean, if you're, you know, a or M, I mean, we're not going to cut you cause you can't make a GM, but you know, you're going to matches and you're representing in a good light. That's right. And uh, with the army marksmanship units, you have to understand that that is their one job. That is their billet. They, build Olympic athletes. They are recruited for certain disciplines. I've even heard stories from members where they were recruited, for example, trap and skeet, and then they don't improve. And then they put them in CMP, CMP bullseye for them to do something else. So like what Jeremy said, we're at that infancy stage where we don't have that um, intense pressure where it's like, Hey, if you're not cutting the mustard, like pack your bags, you're done. But um us being in that infancy, we have the opportunity to create a culture where we will have shooters that want to be on the team. They're going to put in the work. And uh, I don't think that's going to be an issue until like way later, you know, down the line. But uh, it gives work for our current shooters to show that standard to show, hey, you're representing the Navy. Let's just do the best we can. Um, there's not going to be as immense pressure because at the end of the day, for now, it's a collateral duty. Who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, if when I have kids and one of them wants to go to the Navy or shoot professionally, instead of steering them towards the AMU, I could steer them towards the Navy. You know, unicorns, butterflies, and, you know, awesomeness. But um, with right now, we don't have that um, uh, that pressure and, um, and and points to you know just cut people willy-nilly yeah. and we don't have the carrot you know we there's no carrot mm -hmm. for them we have no resources to really hold over their head to actually make them or help them to get good uh, mm -hmm. it, it's all on your own will and your own you know personal drive to to get better to represent the navy and and to shoot it so beyond that um it'd be hard to hold an incentive like, Hey, you, you're not improving. You're off the team. We, we absolutely yeah. not at this stage. Mm -hmm. I understand. So how many of you are there on just the action shooting team? Uh, approximately 10. And you're the team captain. I am. And you guys have a Lieutenant Carl who's the OIC. Now does he oversee all of the shooting teams? So, so, Commander Dave Mahalik is the commander in charge of the entire Navy marksmanship team. Okay. And we fall under him and he's been a great resource for us in, mm -hmm. in really allowing us to have our East coast championship at Quantico and kind of, he's been the foot in the door for all of this. And prior to him, of course, commander, uh, 
Marvell. So him and I liaison together frequently uh, if for, again, the limited resources that there are or to actually host the East Coast Championship match. We'll communicate. Um, we'll communicate prior to doing something like this, uh, this, you know, casual shooters podcast. I'll just say, hey, sir, is it okay if we do this? And you know, he'll give us his blessing. Um, but beyond that, we're, we're our own entity, but we're absolutely part of the Navy marksmanship team. And we want to be part of the whole Navy marksmanship team because that's what really legitimizes us as being Navy shooters or competitors. So where is um, Commander... Commander... Uh, Commander Mahalik, he, he, yes, I, I don't know exactly. Um, he's in Little Creek somewhere. I don't know exactly okay. his job. Yeah, okay. so he's in the Virginia uh, Beach area. Yeah, yeah he's okay. probably shouldn't talk about it anymore then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know Little where Little Creek, Creek is. And I know having spent time in Marine Reconnaissance, I know I know what goes on at Little Creek, so we're good. Yeah. My ship was <laughs> actually out of Little Creek, so that, that's always fun. I never had to drive to Norfolk, thank God. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's what every person that's ever gone to Norfolk has ever said. Don't ever want to have to drive there again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah, when I got that, time. You know, with that said about, you know, mentioning Little Creek, I think it would be the Navy has the resources and they have the talent. They have the youth and the, those driven people of all the branches. Uh, of course, those Navy SEALs, if they wanted to be competitors and the Navy SEAL commanders wanted the Navy to have a competitive shooting team, I think we would be formidable opponents to the Army Marksmanship Unit, the Marine shooting team, and the Air Force shooting team because of the resources they have, the physique, the drive, everything. Those they they those guys would have it. Um, yeah, absolutely. The but, time they put into it, they dedicate oh, to it. Absolutely. To anything yeah, they, they wanted to the go win, they'd be like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that again goes back to the dream. That would be a dream, but it, getting the buy-in from those commanders would be. Um, I don't even know how to go talk to those commanders to make something like that happen. That'd be pretty cool, though. Well, mm -hmm. it's, really easy. it's really easy. Just win the national championship and say, look what I got. <laughs> He's well, an idea man more than a putting it into action man. Yeah. So. Another thing, too, is um, the recruitment. So I've noticed that the Navy likes to throw in a lot of um, their resources for recruiting. So you have the all-Navy basketball team, the all-Navy you know, soccer team, all-Navy baseball team. Um, we even have a electronic gaming team uh just for recruiting and they got resources i had one sailor he's like mm -hmm. hey man where are you going it's like i'm going to i got orders to millington sir it's like what you're going to be doing in millington millington recruiting it's like yeah i'm going to be part of the um electronic gaming team i was like what it's like <laughs> so um but yeah like what jeremy said i think if we had that you know buy-in it could be seen as a recruiting tool i think uh you know the sky's the limit when it comes to that. So we're pretty, it's pretty hopeful, but it's just going to, it's just going to take some time and effort on our part. Well, hopefully this helps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's actually a former Navy SEAL in the area who competes in local matches. He's a GM. I believe he either shoots limited or production. I think it's limited. Um, he's a good guy. So, um, what what area are you local to, Dave? Uh, Northern Virginia, Quantico, okay. actually. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I, I I think I might know who you're talking about. Does he run a Kai guns? Like, if 
if he's running around with a a Kai open gun or an Akai limited gun, I know exactly who you're talking about. The guy looks like freaking six foot two of human growth hormone, and he's a monster. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's not quite that tall, but yeah, he's he's uh, he's probably he's a national champion my age, and he's still built. Okay, so early, you know, probably fifty or oh, okay. Now I'm thinking about someone a little bit younger. So, all right, <laughs> mid younger, <laughs> a little bit, David Metal. <laughs> <laughs> and his actually his first name is David as well. So okay, nice. Um, okay, we've asked that. Now I did notice that when I was um, I did find the Navy uh, marksmanship team Facebook page, and I saw a picture. Actually, it was the an Instagram page of a female sailor wearing a tiger stripe shooting jacket. I mean, that, that right there was a recruiting tool for me because tiger stripe is like the leopard print fashion statement for dudes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I think oh. you guys, I think you guys should change everything to tiger stripe. Is it the tiger stripe pants? Um, it was a shooting jacket. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if you're in Northern Virginia, Quantico shooting club, do you know, um, do you shoot with Do you shoot with a uh, Joseph Levy? He's a uh, he's a Marine uh, officer. Uh, he's usually running around with the Jeremy knows who I'm talking about. Uh, he usually runs around with a Chambers Night Fighter. The last match he shot up at Quantico, he's wearing Tiger Stripe pants. So nice. Yeah, keep an eye out. He's a uh, he he's about that good people. I think you two get along. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody wearing Tiger Stripe, I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm all about the Tiger Stripe. <laughs> it's like a random thought, but I saw that on the Instagram. I'm like, what? Oh goodness. I just think yeah. of, you're saying tiger stripe. I'm thinking of, of like a woman in leopard print pants. So I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's over my head guys. It's tactical <laughs> leopard print pants, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> think I'm, Vietnam I'm, era camouflage. Yeah, it's, like, it's like these okay. bad boys. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I have. Do you guys uh, have any questions for them? Oh, uh, actually, yeah. So I had one. Well, I had two, but really one. Um, so you guys have talked about the different rates and stuff that you guys have. So, Mark, you do supply. Jeremy, uh, nurse, right? Yep. So uh, I heard you mention a couple of the other shooters that are HM, so medical field, DMT, which is a pretty difficult rate to get. Are there Like, what are... Do you know all the rates that everybody on your team has? I could take a stab at this, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give it a try. I can try to <laughs> <do> it. <laughs> Jeremy's just like calculating. So we've yeah. got the Navy diver. We've got um, a CB. We've got a couple of CBs. We've got a retired ETLDO uh, that's uh, working as a tech at a alphabet agency. Um, we have another supply officer, Lieutenant Kwong. He's going reserves. Uh, I, I kind of get annoyed because uh, he's Asian American like me. He's a little shorter and he's in a lot better shape. So people confuse us all the time. Uh, but he shoots carry optics and limited eye shoot open. So that'll, that'll be it. Um, so you know, we've got several corpsmen, which is good to have on the range. Uh, just like four, like four corpsmen, I think. Yeah, four corpsmen. Uh, we have a retired uh, information specialist uh, that actually – is distinguished at CMP, um, Michael Caprioni. He both. and Duel. King. He's yeah. uh, distinguished both pistol and rifle. Oh, yeah, okay. pistol and rifle. So he's helping us out. Um, I think uh, 
I'm trying to recruit a submariner as well. Um, but it's submariner. Sir. So I, was about, I didn't want to correct him while he was in the middle of his thing, man. <laughs> it's all right. I like my boats over the water. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I'm right, now you see what I'm talking yeah. about, Jeremy? Yes, okay. The tiger stripe. Yeah. yeah. It looks like I think that was the West Coast match. That's, that's something that's authorized. It's like a uniform item. No, that's a shooting oh. jacket. Okay. Um, you, know how, um, you know how you know how like days we yes. have optional equipment like uh, like these bad boys, like my pit fibers. Yeah. Z eighty seven rated, but um, yeah, it's a CMP <laughs> yeah. shooting jacket. I got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. There we go. Okay. I didn't want to be labeled leopard print, so I had to leopard clarify. <laughs> Tactical <laughs> leopard print. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tactical, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think those are the the rates we have. Um, I know we had a couple that are looking in, but I don't know their rates. But Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, so, a couple of follow-ups. Uh, oldest shooter, youngest shooter, and how long have you got – and how long – has like the longest tenure on the team. Ooh. So I would say the, the oldest is, is gotta be, it's between the three retired guys um, uh, with, without a doubt, but I don't know which is, which is old. I think I'm it's, gonna, I think it's I'm, Caprioli. I'm going to say it's Caprioli, but he might come after us for that, but I, it's I okay. Um, I, I, I tried to, to get content for the throwback Thursday post. I want to make tomorrow. And I was like, Hey Cap, you got any pictures of you and Nam? He, he ha ha at it. So I think we're safe. <laughs> Okay, but like, yeah. probably in my drawer. On the <laughs> he opens a shadow yeah. box. <laughs> and the, the youngest, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure who the youngest would be. Is uh, Cole Hornback? How old is he? I, um, I, I want to say it's between him and Martin because I think Martin's, uh, Martin's already, probably young. Martin's like 20. He, he graduated from the Academy at 2015. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, like the Academy. Yeah. The Navy Academy, yeah, yeah. like midshipmen and everything, survivor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, the Naval Academy, it was in 2019 when we had our action shooting match. The midshipmen, oh, yeah, they destroyed it with action shooting. They love three gun, they love running around, and oh, yeah. they do have a really, really good um bullseye team too because they traditionally teach bullseye at the Naval Academy and they do have a team and you know a lot of them they get leg points but when we introduced some of them to action shooting they they just got hooked even this year you know they were running and gunning they loved it so they I actually mean, have a social media one. page just saying okay <laughs> I could find more but you guys have the greatest OPSEC ever because I could find stuff about them and everybody else but not you two so, so club. Uh, Mark Santos actually <laughs> Mark Santos just started the Navy action shooting um, Instagram page, and he's going to be—he's he, very enthusiastic about posting things and and um, whatnot. So hopefully, we'll be more yeah. publicized for people to find information about us in the very near future. Yeah, and I'm hoping that it grows organically. Um, there, I've noticed some government pages. I've caught them buying followers. <laughs> so, oh wow, yeah. Oh man, um, if we had the money, we totally wouldn't. No, I'm kidding. We wouldn't. I, uh, We're never I, gonna have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, no, let's let's not. It's it's better to grow it organically, and you know, the fact that I I made that page, the Navy action shooting one, uh, only like on Monday, and we've oh, you got, got a bunch of stuff on there already. 
Yeah, we've got like six posts. Uh, Casey Eusebio shared like my conversation I had with him. He put like "Happy Birthday Army," and then I messaged him. It's like, it's like fine, I'll allow it. I put the heart, <laughs> and then he like reposted. It's like I love you too, Navy action shooting. Uh, Julie Golub follows us as well, and um, you know it, it it it's it's pretty fun, and it's uh, helping me practice my prowess when it comes to you know advertising and helping out and spreading more awareness for the team. So. I'm not Absolutely. at the uh, HK Media Girl uh, level yet, but we'll, we'll see. We'll have fun with it. And you know, start doing your TikTok Navy dance stuff. No, TikTok's owned by China. No TikTok. <laughs> I tell them all my sailors to uninstall it. No TikTok. Yeah, no TikTok for you. My man. not good. Yeah, not gonna. Well, do we've it. talked we'll to exactly pretty. half of the people that you've talked to between Julie and, and Casey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I had a TikTok, the PLA uh, intelligence agents would probably be laughing at my memes, but. No, not TikTok. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so of the two of you, so Shellback, that's when you've gone across some thing, right? right? Yeah. yeah. One, oh, okay. Yeah. What about no. any, any other Shellbacks? Let me see if I can get my... Dave, no. <laughs> no. 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 I'm oh, definitely I'm, I'm, I've no, been to the Mediterranean on ship, but... yeah. And I've done a bunch of stuff in the Sea of Japan. Yeah, shellback ceremony. It's a, it's a fun time. Uh, I told my wife about it. She's like, "Oh, what are you doing tomorrow?" It's like, "Oh, I'm doing the crossing the line ceremony." Right. And she Googled it and found the Wikipedia page. And uh, (laughs) most accurate information ever. I got back to a very concerned email. She's like, "What do you mean they beat you with fire hoses and electrocute you?" I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's only electrocution if you die, technically. Yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, he's um, a nurse. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> but did you die? That's how we end every paramedic class. But did you die though? No, you're yeah. fine. Just yeah. rub some dirt on it. It's all right. It's internal bleeding. That's where the blood's supposed to be. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, real karate man bleed on the inside. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's I all I had. Uh, yeah, shellback ceremony. It's it, it's fun. Um, if there's anyone that's in the navy that's nervous about it, don't be too scared. You're gonna have fun with it. It's a great experience. Plus, you can be like salty Joe Navy after it, so it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You only have to do it once. Yep, only once. Mm-hmm. What you got, Chris? Living. Well, I actually. A lot of my questions were answered already, um, but do you guys have like a or and maybe I might have missed it, but uh, the services ever decide like, oh, let's have our own inner uh, ah. services competition uh, and see who has got the better shooters and just just for fun, not nothing, so, you, know, uh, you know, but just for fun, kind of so, like an army baby type thing, you know? Yeah, so for fun. So, so I definitely wouldn't be for fun if I went. I would be there to win right. uh, at least the time. Yeah, to. I don't know where he got that um, idea from. I'm yeah. sorry, but, yeah. 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 It, but it would be fun winning. Um, yeah. so, so I'll go for fun. <laughs> right. Um, I was trying to be nice about it. I mean, you know, you don't want to be that bully. Inner service rivalry is yeah. not nice. So right. I went to a match in, uh, I believe it was at Sir Walter USPSA. I'm, I've been practicing up for, I, I want to say I signed up for area five. I think that's one coming up. Um, and so I shot that match and while I was there. There was a Marine Corps major wearing a Jersey. Um, I believe his name was major. Highchak or Hitchock? Uh, I'm Tim Highchak. Yeah. He, yes. he runs the USPSA matches at Quantico now. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and he's, he, um, ran something by me that I, I hadn't thought of previously. And it was about having the air force army, Marine Corps and the Navy shooting teams, uh, hosted at Quantico for a inner service action shooting competition, several USPSA nice. stages, several rifle stages, say three gun stages, long range stages. And, um, it may be a bit ambitious, but he mentioned having it as soon as next year, next summer, which wow. would be awesome. Um, and I, hopefully we can participate in that and hopefully I, it can come together. I, I, I'm calling that we get to go there and, and do a broadcast. I'm calling <laughs> it TM. Well, uh, and I, I will say, I don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> really know how ambitious that really is. I mean, they already host the inter-service rifle matches every summer. And he's already started a monthly USPSA shoot, a steel challenge, and they're doing PRS now there as well. Oh, wow. So so it wouldn't be hard. I mean, he posts stuff on um, Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all the different steel targets he's making and, and everything he's creating for all that stuff. So the he has been busting his butt. They, they have it. The Sapis oh, at Quantico, yeah. they have everything we need. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of coordinating and making it happen. And, and I, I, you're right. Yep. He's the right person for the job. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he could um, reach out to the army because the Navy's already um, RSVP. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we yeah. RSVP too, in case anybody that didn't have <laughs> yeah. was wondering. And we're inviting ourselves. Yeah. Fun fact with Marines, they can actually earn EIC points uh, shooting, uh, action shooting. They, it's so cool. Yeah. 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 And th that's another one of our goals is to try to have EIC points or earn the distinguished rifle badge or the pistol badge again emulating what the marine corps does we're mm -hmm. not trying to reinvent the wheel over here we have full-time yeah. jobs but we're, we're we're jumping on the air force bandwagon the marine corps <laughs> bandwagon getting some tidbits from them all yeah, but you know it's it's, it's every parent's dream jeremy yeah. like taking away children to be better than you so yeah. we, we just want to take away from best practices of the other other services and create our own well i tell you i wish nice. i wish our job would listen to that because i tell you they could learn a lot from not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that that's an off-camera conversation. Oh, I said yeah. Did I say it so, on camera? Oh, are you are you both paramedics? Is that right? All all three of us. Oh, all three of you are paramedics. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I am the only nice one riding job. a medic unit right now. Uh, you don't need to be hurtful about it, man. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow. I uh, I teach at the Dave and I used to teach at the academy together. Dave went back to being on a uh, he's a real man. He's back on a medic unit. Um, I just wow. teach people how to do it because I'm mediocre at best, and uh, Huggy can't fit on a medic unit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. I'm just saying, his knee. Well, because he can't, his knees don't work. He can't get up. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Well put. Thing. Well put. Thank you. Yeah, I'm actually I'm trying to be nice. Actually, I just got transferred into the fire marshal's office, so that's where I'm going. Yeah. So oh, I got cool. I got a question for you three. Y'all shoot uh, USPSA and active members. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I emailed my area director and some other ones, and I ran this idea with Jeremy. I'm actually seeing if they'll consider adding a veteran category for awards because there are a lot of them that are actively participate in the SPSA. So, shameless plug if you want to email your area coordinator and do all that, I think it'd be a good thing for the sport and all of that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We can put I that in there because they all follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I already sent like an email, but I mean, if you want to send one too, I think it'd be it'd be pretty cool and it'd be fun. Yeah, I think I may even uh, mention you in the email that you've already done it with your area director. 
All right. So and, and, and just saying, I think off of what Lieutenant Santos said, <laughs> and just say, you know, I, I agree that I think it's a good idea to add that in there. Yeah. Cause Absolutely. there's a lot of um, veterans that have been my mentors and I squatted with a couple at area five steel challenge. They're like, you know what? I think this would be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. I that would be that. good. Sweet. Well, that's Man, all I'm brainstorming. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm, I'm bueno. So, gentlemen, um, anything, any last comments or anything you'd like to plug or the airwaves are yours? Um, not particularly for me. I appreciate you guys having us on the show, and it was a pleasure speaking with you all. And, and I'm really glad Mark Santos was able to join us because um, this would have been a really boring show had he not come. <laughs> we can make anything exciting. Trust me. <laughs> it, it, it's a good time, but no, thank you for having us gentlemen. And thanks for all your service for the general public. And also before yeah. it's, it's really good. And, you know, we're pretty humble to be here. And at least now you get to see what our, our jerseys look like. Cause I know y'all were curious cause we're like Sasquatch. Yeah. The abominable <laughs> snowman, but exactly. we exist. We're here. <laughs> Loch Ness monster. <laughs> So, Jeremy, you're going to be at Area 5 next weekend? Uh, so, Area 5 is not till August. I'll be – the majors I have on the schedule are Area 5. Area um, 8, then. That's oh, Area oh, yeah, 8. Okay. Must be, I have no idea. I just sign up for stuff and show up. Uh, so, <laughs> area, area 8. Uh, <laughs> area what day are you shooting? Because I'm shooting Area 8. Well, I'll find you on practice score. Don't yeah, worry honestly, it. I don't even know, man. I have to look on this thing. So um, You might need up. to know the day. But it's not till like August. So Area Eight, <laughs> Virginia State. I'll check uh, in September. Memorial. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Memorial Three Gun is a very cool three gun match. I know you guys aren't three gunners, but it's it's probably the coolest three gun match I've ever been to. Um, speaking for myself, not for the Navy, but it supports a great cause, and um, it sold out in I think eight minutes or maybe two minutes. Whatever the case, they don't oh, have really? a problem filling up. It's an amazing match. And then uh, Fort Benning three gun. Those are the majors I'll be shooting in the next several months. All right. So we didn't cover that. What do you, what guns do you shoot in three gun? Uh, so I shoot a Benelli M2 shotgun that's uh, tricked out with a triangle shooting sports package. Um, that's Benny Hill out of Texas. Then I brought Fancy. my my pistol is a six inch STI. Uh, this is a nine mil. I have another one in forty caliber as well, which I never shoot. But this is also made by Benny Hill. Um, Benny Hill. My, Benny Hill, not the comedian. comedian. Not the comedian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's I'm like, and he did. Wah, wah, wah. He's, he's a good friend of mine, and he was one of my mentors when I very when I first started really competitive shooting in Corpus Christi, Texas, and he was so kind to build me a couple guns um, back in the day, and uh, I, I really enjoy them. They shoot. Um, and, yeah, I've been shooting the same guns really for about 10 years. I, I, don't, I don't change same better same, man than me. Cream everything. And, <laughs> and shoot the carbine you showed us earlier? That's right. Yeah, the, the JP CTR02 um, presentation grade. How uh, much does it weigh? It's great. It's very heavy. Um, what? Uh, I don't know how much it weighs. It's a medium. It's a rifle length, 18-inch barrel, it's a medium contour. It's a boat anchor, but the way it's tuned, it, it has zero recoil. I've had the Marine Corps shooting team, uh, the previous uh, guys on it, they said they'd never shot a rifle with such little recoil. Um, and that added a little bit of, it quantified some of what I already knew. So, right. Yeah. Qualified. I mean, the heavier make the gun, the less the recoil is going to be. Yeah. So, uh, you can swing the gun fine unless you're real weak. So it's, it's, and it's if, easy. You, if you can't swing the gun and you're in the military, you should probably leave. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Mark, what, what did you grab? So uh, for carry optics, I have a heavily modified uh, M17 <laughs> stippling by Boresight and Grey Guns Trigger. Uh, the light, I mean, I, I could take it or leave it, but Big Tax Outdoor sent me this one, so I'm just going to be quiet in color. Um, I like it a lot. But um, for open, the gun I shot at Buckeye Blast, I actually got this from uh, John Vlieger. It's a nine major. It's uh, built on a CK frame, and uh, Pat Rafferty uh, actually – installed the new compensator on it and um drew Heider actually helped me out with the trigger but i have a rafferty custom uh, being built it should be done uh late later this summer but those are the main two i go with um i like the glocks a lot but unfortunately the grip angle for between the 2011 and the wilson sig it's much more similar so i could kind of cross between the two but i'll be shooting this one at nationals in october and um if i want to play around with open and go for that major power factor i'll be shooting open but those are my main two and i have a backup for each one so uh so no more shooting your, guns for me in a minute is your we'll new see. gun gonna be a nine major yes it'll be a nine major i shoot uh black dot ammunition it's a little spicy it's like 180 uh power factor uh Whoa. yeah so I went to Buckeye Blast and I got nine major from um, Black Dot Ammunition. Uh, Lee and Alan are friends of mine and we share dog pictures a lot. But uh, he said, "Don't worry, man. This will make power factor." And um, <laughs> that, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, so I was just it's like, not, it'll oh. definitely you, do it. You actually won the Chronograph War. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, wow. Somebody was shooting 190. Wow. I got edged wow. out by somebody shooting 190 and. <laughs> I was talking to Rick Steele, the Area 5 director, about um, – so back in the day with Ipsic, a lot of people were shooting, you know, single-stack 1911s and 38 Super or 9x21 or 45 to make that major power factor. Guess what some uh, mad lads were experimenting with, 9mm. Uh, so major in Ipsic, before it became USPSA, was 175 power factor. There were people out there modifying Browning high powers – reloading ammunition they were mixing powders just to try it to make it get um major power factor out of a browning high power just because it was the only name uh, in town that had a double stack magazine hmm. so yeah they were blowing those guns up like left and right i was like yeah that's a disaster I mean, yeah i love the browning high power blowing up, yeah just to be very like, clear yeah the 1911 one world wars the browning high power fought itself in a world war and still won so yeah, it's good. And uh, also service pistols. I'm sorry, Dave, but I actually like the Beretta, but that's only because oh. of the double action. You were doing so <sighs> well. Now I got to edit them out of the entire. Yeah. Oh, man. This is going to be a weird <laughs> blank screen where you were. It's okay. You know what? I, I'm going to post up a Throwback Thursday video about the Beretta. But no, the only reason I like it is that the double and single action on it break at about the same point. And the first time I shot one of those in the Navy, so coming from a polymer, you know, USP nine trigger, double single action to a Beretta with a metal trigger. It's just like, Oh, this is, this is nice. So, I mean, it is what I it can is. see that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just had, and as I said in the other podcast, they had a lot of issues when they first came into the military. Yeah. So, I mean, we even heard about the uh, story where a seal actually got hit in the forehead by the slide where the pin broke. I know a Green Beret that so, got hit in the face by one. Uh, yeah. Chris Alvarez, uh, he shoots tactical games. So I think he teaches for Green Ops. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you ever interview him, ask him, like, hey, uh, Lieutenant Santos said that you love the M9. 
because <laughs> I brought one to class with me with Steve Fisher and he like saw it and um, it was like that scene in Saving Private Ryan where he's at the gravestone. <laughs> he, <laughs> he had that look on his face for a different and, reason. Yeah, yeah, and he pulled me aside and he told me what happened to him. So yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty gnarly. I, I can. Yeah, I would just it. ask him, "Hey, how's your face?" <laughs> yeah. Some navy guy. Just say some navy guy said you like the M9. Just hold, <laughs> hold no, hold no. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, gentlemen, that's all we got. Um, thank you very much for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank, thank you all for, as well. Have, have a wonderful night. Service. Appreciate you it. Too. Guys do. Thanks. Okay. Later's. Later. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.